This morning we'll be in Luke chapter 10. This morning I brought the shofar. This is the ram's horn when we talk about the trumpet of the Lord being blown. This is the small, cheap version because this is what I can afford. They get up to thousands of dollars. You can get them huge um, from Israel. You can get them huge. I wasn't going to spend thousands of dollars on a ram's horn. But it sounds kind of weird. My kids hate this. They saw this this morning, and the two older girls here, they go, Oh, no, seriously? I was blowing it at the gas station one day. The Lord is going to have it blown a lot better than that. But wanted to wanted to kind of give you that. That we we don't want people to be hiding in their houses. We want them to come out in the street saying, "Where's the Where's the Lord?" This is sounding a little pitiful. But kind of wanted to give you that idea. <laughs> Luke chapter 10 this morning. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, Peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you. For the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. But be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day. For, for Sodom than it uh, for that town. And then skip down to, to verse 16 for me. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. But whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like a, a lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you this morning for your word. And Lord, I pray that you would help us as we apply it this morning. Lord, I pray that you would give me the words to say. When it's time to be quiet, let me be quiet. I pray this in your name. Amen. Uh, one thing that we look at here, we're going to spend a, a little bit of time on this, on this verse over the next uh, couple of weeks, and, or, or this section over the next couple of weeks. And, 
And uh, we're very used to the, the, to the verse, the, worker, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send forth workers. <coughs> I was um, quoting this scripture to my kids very passionately this morning. As each of them woke up and they were coming into the house and they were coming out of the house and going to Sunday school because sometimes that's what I do. And, and, and sometimes they can connect that it's scripture that I'm quoting to them. And then sometimes they're like, why are you yelling at me? I don't even know what that means. Um, and so, and so I, I think the older girls here, I think they kind of got that I was, I was quoting scripture to them this morning. Ian says, why are you yelling at me? I don't even know what that means. And, and so if, <laughs> the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. If you look at the picture this morning, I, I have Matt uh, put this picture up on the, on the screen. If you look at this, uh, it looks like a field. It's supposed to be uh, wheat, but I, I guess it could be hay. There's, there's something there. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Now, now here's the thing with a harvest. When you have the harvest, you've got to, you've got to get the harvest out, and you've got, you've got to get it in before it spoils, right? Uh, I know uh, many have uh, gardens right now, uh, and, and I learned this the hard way, uh, but if you don't pick at the precise moment... You, it, it spoils and it, and it gets, goes bad right there on, the, on the, the vine. If you have corn, the whole stalk just rot right down to the, to the ground. And, and if you've got green beans, uh, eventually the birds will just come in and get it. But uh, they'll, they'll rot off and, and they'll just fall in the tomatoes. You'll get big old black spots in the tomatoes where they'll, they'll, they'll rot out. And so... Uh, one thing that we have to, when we look at is, is uh, those that plant the harvest want the harvest to come in very quickly. They want it to come in when it's time for it to be come in. You don't want the harvest to come in too quickly because then you don't have ripe product, right? But you don't want to leave it out too long because then you have spoiled product. I often think that, that uh, Jesus here, and he's telling, he's telling these uh, 72 this, and he's, and he's letting them know that the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. He's letting them know, he's kind of using this imagery here, uh, something that they would understand because he's a, he, he's a, he, he knows that they can relate to that, the barley harvest. They can relate to that. Uh, they, they, they've been out in the field and they know what it's like where you, the whole community comes together and they do the harvesting and, 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 and we've got to get this in because uh, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a thing where, uh, well, if I don't get enough in here, if my harvest goes bad, I just go down to the store and I buy some food. No, this was, this was your, your food source. This was how you were going to live. And so harvest was very, very important to these people. And Jesus knew that connecting harvest here was something that they would understand the importance of. He also knew that they knew that if there was a huge harvest and there wasn't enough people to work in the harvest, that means everybody else has to work harder in the harvest. Or the harvest doesn't get harvested. 
He tells them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of har- the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest. Uh, this morning, we can, uh, I-, I had a hat. Uh, there used to be a tractor company called the International Harvester. I think it was a tractor company. Yeah. They're defunct now, I believe. They're, you don't see many of them around anymore. They're, they're, they're classic tractors. I, I don't think they make new tractors. They may make parts. But uh, there, there's been this group that has bought the logo uh, for the old tractor company, International Harvester. And I have an International Harvester hat. And then on the back... It's uh, the North American Mission Board. That's the Southern Baptist uh, Convention, that, that their mission branch. I, I got the hat from them. Uh, but it, it's a, it says, Jesus is the international harvester. The, inter, the harvest. Jesus cares about it. But we're talking about people here. You are an international harvester. As a believer, you're a harvester. And, and uh, one thing that I want to point out this morning from the passage is that we've got lots of work to do in the harvest. That the harvest is plentiful. Jesus said it himself. The harvest is plentiful. The crops are ready. The gospel has been sown among people and and the and the time is rich. It's perfect. Uh, it, it's uh, the crops are producing, and 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 people are begging to hear the gospel. People are begging to 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 come to know Jesus. And how do I know that? Because I think that we're in this time in in our world today where where uh, <laughs> people are desperate for something. They're desperate for, uh, we've got political uh, stuff going on, and people are tired of politics, and we've got got economic stuff going on, and people are tired of economics, and we've got uh, social uh, stuff going on, and people are tired of hearing about social justice. Amen. It's to the point where you don't want to turn on the news because... It, it, you almost feel like you have this PTSD response in a way that 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 almost like there's this this uncertainty that comes up because uh, is this party doing this? Is this party doing that? Is is uh, am I is my my retirement is it going to last? Is is my job going to be around next year if the market goes the way that it is? Is 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 my bank account going to stay the same? Is, is the there there's a food shortage? Is is that going to affect me and my family? And we we kind of get we kind of uh, there there's this uncertainty, and so in a world that has all this uncertainty, there's this there's this desire to know uh, that there is something that they can be certain about, and and that comes down to Jesus. That, that uh, the, the, the time that we're in, people, they long for something. They long for something eternal. They long for something that they can put their hope in. Uh, they, they long for something that, uh, uh, that can only be found in Jesus himself. And, and people need to know Jesus. Because 
um, uh, they, they can go back and forth. They can, they can put their hope into a political party and they'll find over and over again that it will fail their expectations in life. They can put their hope in the economy and throw all their money in the stock market and they'll find over and over again that it will fail their expectations in life. But they can put their hope in Jesus. And Jesus never fails. Romans 14 says, How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him whom they have not heard? How can they hear if no one tells them the good news? The harvest is plentiful this morning. Welcome to the harvest field. Fellow workers, fellow harvesters, welcome to the harvest field. Now know this, that, that our, our second thing this morning is that the harvest field is not an easy place to work. It's not an easy place to be a part of. Uh, if we're out in this harvest field, we're going to find that, that uh, at some point, uh, uh, we're going to find a big old rut in the ground somewhere, and the only way that we're going to find it is that we step in it. If you've ever been out in a big field, and you've had to deal with big fields like this right here, you know what I'm talking about here. Or if you're on a tractor, and sometimes you don't know that a rut's there until that front tire hits the tractor, and then you go down. It's not always an easy place to be. Harvesting is not always done in the, in the best weather. Sometimes you're trying to beat the rain. Sometimes you're, you're in the hot, humid, messy part of the year. It's uncomfortable. Um... I think it's interesting that verse 3 here, 10, 3, it says, Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among the wolves. Now that's not too good of a scenario. Because what do wolves like to eat? Lambs. They're easy prey. My mom used to, in, in college, she would send us these books over and over again. So we have 15 copies of this book called The Boundary Book. Uh, and we finally told her, you've already sent us that this many times. You need to quit sending us that. And another book that she would send us uh, often was Hurt People, Hurt People. Um, and, and, and I've come to find that that really is a true statement, is that people who were hurting hurt other people. That's, that's kind of the response that, that comes about. And so we have to realize that in the harvest field, we're dealing with people who are hurting. People who have no hope. People who society has told them that morality is relative. 
that, that you just make up your own standards for living. And that's okay. But Jesus comes along and says, no. There is a standard and the standard is holiness. And, and society tells them that truth is relative. That, that you believe what you want to believe. Your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. And I often think that that's probably one of the biggest lies that, 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 that um, the generation that we're seeing come up has ever heard. And maybe even the previous generation is that my truth is my truth and your truth is your truth and you just live out your truth and I'll live out my truth. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If it doesn't line up with Jesus, it's not true. We used to, we, we, we have the saying of it, talks like a duck, if it acts like a duck, if it walks like a duck, it's not a horse, it's probably a duck. Society likes to say this, this, and this can be something totally different. When Jesus says this, this, and this, I've called sin. Society says, I have my rights. And Jesus says, I have called you to full surrender. And you know, I think for us, sometimes that's probably the hardest. It's full surrender. I, I think sometimes, especially for, for i, I got to be careful how I say this, for, for us Americans, we love our rights. We absolutely love our rights. We fought for our rights. We value our rights. But sometimes we have to realize that our constitutionally guaranteed rights and the rights that we fought for are different than the spiritual rights that we hand over to Jesus. And that when Jesus says, hey, I need full surrender, sometimes that's saying, here's my constitutional rights that I fully believe in. And Lord, whatever you want to do, Lord, it's yours. It's full surrender. And that's hard for us. That's hard for me. I think that's hard for us sometimes. The gospel's not always welcomed and it's not always appreciated. And, and I think this really comes down to that uh, Paul, Paul talks about in Ephesians. He talks about this, this light being shone into the darkness. And so uh, I think that when light shines on darkness, uh, Paul, he says, everything is exposed. Sin doesn't like to be exposed. Hopelessness doesn't like to be exposed. Jesus is the light of the world. And here's the thing. Once things have been exposed by the light, they're known. They're there. They can't be unexposed. People know at that point. And so I think that sometimes when people are confronted with their, their sin, 
and the Lord convicts them, the response is, I don't want the gospel because I want what I want. Harvest work requires us to go forward with the light of Jesus and proclaim, as Paul says in Ephesians, wake up, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. John 3.19 says, Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. We're, dealing, we're, we're in a different time. It's a different place. But the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. Therefore, we, we know what the issue is. That we, we know what, what, what our problem is. We, we know that the, the situation before us is that people are going to die and go to hell unless they know who Jesus is. The problem is the workers are few. Therefore, that's, that means the solution is coming. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send workers for the harvest. This morning I'm going to ask you to stand with me. This week, I want you to reflect on three different questions. I want to ask you three different questions. And, and I'm not going to do an altar call this morning. I just want you to reflect on this and think about this and pray on this. Are you a harvester that God can trust with a big harvest? Does God trust us as a church in his harvest field? And are you praying for the needs that come about for our church and for our community and for our other believers around us? It says, ask the Lord of the harvest. I come to believe that when he says, ask the Lord of the harvest, that's not only for workers of the harvest, but that's also for needs in the harvest as well. Lord, we need supplies in the harvest. We need, we need equipping in the harvest. Lord, we need renewal in the harvest. You know, in our, in our church, if we look around, many of us have done things for a long time we've we've many many have been serving for a long time and i imagine that many are weary and many are tired my prayer is said that you you would ask the lord of the harvest to bring about renewal he gives rest for those in the harvest.